wall. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Game over, series over, and the Red Sox are world champs again. And so are these fans. It hasn't happened at Fenway Park for 95 years. The Red Sox are world champions. Boston organization has been well run for a long time now. From the top on down, here comes a 1-2 pitch. Red Sox win the World Series! 5-1 the final tonight! And the best team in baseball wins it all in 2018. The Red Sox have won the World Championship. The Boston Red Sox beat the Los Angeles Dodgers 5-1. They win the World Series 4 games to 1. And the Red Sox become the first team in the 21st century with four world championships. Can you believe it? Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Pesky Podcast. I am your host, The Rit. With me is my man, DC. We are here, episode 15, and we have got a special guest. What about it, DC? What's going on? So, guys... I've been tweeting it out all week, and let's sit there and just bring him in. We've got the man that was the 24th overall pick, drafted by the Boston Red Sox in 2012. We've got Devin Marrero. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, Devin? How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Just here chilling. Enjoying the night, enjoying the day, so... Glad to, glad to be on this, so I'm excited. Just have some fun with it. Yeah, yeah hey. Yeah, man. I sit there and seen you on Instagram live today, and you're still putting in the work, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm still still grinding, still uh, trying to get signed, and still pursuing that goal, man, of getting back to the show like always, you know. It's it's part of the grind. got to put in the work, and everything will work out. Yeah, hey, uh, I, know, I know a team that, Really could use some middle infield help right now. Yeah, man, yeah, but that'd be that'd be a nice story, you know, to, to get back to the place where, where I started my career. And, you know, yeah. I would that'd love be to awesome. Yeah, that'd be that'd be very special. But uh so let's sit there and, and get take you back to uh to cut you know college ball a little bit. And you, you went to uh Arizona State University. So they have. They always had a great uh, baseball, uh, baseball school, and man. You, so, what kind of made you choose Arizona State? Uh, what other options did you have, and what got you into uh, wanting to play baseball overall? Um, you know, I'm I'm from Miami, Florida. I have a Cuban background, and you know, the the Cubans. The one thing I know how to do is play baseball. You know, so. I have two older cousins who I kind of followed their path. And, you know, once they got into baseball, it was kind of my turn to get into baseball as well. You know, they were my mentors from when I was five years old to, to today now. You know? So that's how I got into the whole baseball world. And it was a great choice. You know, it, it got me to, to a lot of cool places. You know, yeah. I chose Arizona State. 
because of their tradition, you know, there's there's a lot of tradition there and the main main guy behind that was Pat Murphy, you know. They had Andy Stang there at the time. You know, I felt that that was the school that I was gonna get better at, you know. It was uh it was a program that was pretty much number one nation for like five straight years, you know, so it was a a good tradition of baseball and I love the way they played the game and it was the kind of style gamer type of of play, you know, and that's that's something that attracted me. You know, I took visits to North Carolina and uh, UGA, went to Arizona State, and I saw the city, and it was the baseball history there, and it was it was a no brainer. Yeah, uh, you were the first team freshman All American squad. You know, you're also uh, honorable mention for the All Conference squad. So it, as soon as you got there, you, you made an impact on Arizona State. Uh, yeah, you know, actually, the first, the first two weeks, you know, I had to, I had to earn my stripes, you know, during the regular season. I wasn't starting day. You know, uh, we had some stud over there the year before me that stayed there the next year, like, just got yesterday, got played a pretty awesome, but, you know, we had some studs there and I had to prove myself, you know, a new coaching staff came in that, uh, that fall, and, um, you know, and I had to prove myself again during the season. And, you know, it was it was challenging, but I was up for it. You know, I, I knew that when I came in, I was going to have to fight for that spot. And, you know, I got the opportunities and I ran with it and I never looked back. Yeah, uh, I always loved uh, watching you in your career because you, you were always a great defensive uh, player. Uh, you got the defensive player of the year in the pack. 11 or Pac-10 in 2011. Uh, what, what are some things that, that you pride yourself on on the defensive side of the ball? Um, You know, that's something that I worked on as, as a young age. You know, my dad would take me out there and I'd get three buckets of ground balls before I went. You know, that's something that, you know, my idol was Ray Redonius growing up. He's the one who kind of taught me the game. You know, my dad was the one who hit him ground balls and threw him BP in the offseason uh, back in the day. So I took very, a lot of pride in my defense. You know, growing up, I was always the smallest guy in the field. I always played three age groups above me. You know, mm-hmm. so tiny, man. I was 100 pounds soaking wet. I was just a little guy. and I, I didn't start growing until I got to college. And You know, so I knew that defense was the one thing that was going to make me stand out from the rest. So I took a lot of pride in that and and I just carried that with me. I knew that was that was something that I knew I could control. You know, the defense is a very controllable outcome, whereas hitting it is a lot of factors. And, you know, and I just took a lot of pride in that. I know how important it is for pitchers, and especially being a shortstop. That's the most important defensive position in the field. I took a lot of pride in that and being the leader. And, you know, it's something I took with me and carry with me to this day. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's let's – get to the end of the college when the draft is happening and you sit there were selected uh 24th overall did you have any inkling that the red sox were going to take you 24th overall uh no it was you know it was it was a weird year for me you know? my junior year i was i got hurt a little bit so i knew i was going to fall in the draft a little and, you know and i really i had my number set you know i had scott boris and i knew get right to the right team right fit for me so 
I was literally sitting there, and at the time of the pick, I was talking to Marcus Bowman when he got picked by the by the Blue Jays, and I was like, man, you going yet? He's like, yeah, the, the Blue Jays just called me. And, and I was like, man, I haven't heard nothing yet. And once I said that, uh, Boris called me like, hey, their boss is going to take me right here. So that That's was awesome. a special feeling, man, a dream come true, you know, to – to be selected by an organization like that was was special and you know uh, i it was to this day a memory i'll never forget and it was it was very special for sure kind of the, the, sorry to go back uh, to college did you uh have any interactions when you were in college with dustin pedroia with his ties obviously to arizona state yeah so the cool thing about arizona state is all the alumni would always come back ethier pedroia you know, Paramore, Leak was always there. Ethier would be there. You know, you'd have all these guys come back and they'd just be at the field, they'd be hitting in the cage, you know, while, while we're getting work done. And, you know, if if you didn't go to class certain days, you just were at the field, you see some of those guys there, you know, getting the work. That's cool. Yeah, so that's what – that's another thing that drew me to Arizona State, you know, is Murph always said, hey, guys come back all the time. I remember I would go to – I went to Murphy's house one day and – just to drop something off, and Barry Bonds was there, you know, and I ended up getting connected to Barry Bonds in the living room and hearing him talk shop, and it was, he would come to the field every once in a while, so the cool thing about Arizona State is alumni, a lot of baseball players live in Arizona in the off season, so it was easy access for them to come there and work out, and what better way to have big leaguers be there all the time, and then Get selected by Boston. I get to be with Petey. You know that was when he took me under my wing, and I was set from there. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I would have been starstruck as hell if I would have saw Barry Bonds. Yeah, no, dude. It was the stories he would tell us, and just about the game how he approached it. He, that guy is on a different level than everybody's. It, it, was, it was really special to talk and see how how he approached the game. Pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool experience for sure. Yeah, no doubt. So you said Pedroia kind of like took you under your wing a little bit. Uh, what was probably the most impactful thing and advice that he gave you uh, talking to you? Um, play the game hard, you know. I mean, when you play that guy, you say, hey, that guy played the game the right way, you know. And, and that's what we did at Arizona State, you know. So, like, nothing really changed for, for both of us. You know, we played to win. We played hard. Um, every pitch mattered and, you know, Hey man, he was just like, Hey, stay with what you did at Arizona state and get better, you know, improve on your, on your offense and your defense is going to play here, you know, and the fans are really going to embrace you by just by the way you play, you know, I just, man, just watching him play and being able to get to the big leagues and still have him there with me was so sick. Like, yeah, I can only imagine. True type type of stuff, man. It was special. So, uh, going into you know, you're in Lowell. You're you're down in Single A. Uh, compare that to playing at Arizona State. Like, how different is it for you, uh, b- being a part of a, a Single A organization, trying to you know get your footwork in compared to you know college? Um. It wasn't that that much different, man, because there's so many leagues. Like when I played in the Cape and then I played for Team USA, it was all wood bat, you know, and is, you know, and you're playing against other college guys. And usually the short season there is usually all college guys. And you'll have a couple 
a couple uh, Latin players and guys that got drafted the previous year, you know, that didn't get out of uh, the Florida State League. So it was like, it was kind of like a, what was kind of like an improved summer league with better talent, you know what I'm saying, in college. And, you know, just, it was the same, man, same, baseball's the same. It was just better talent for sure. That guy's 18 years old. Like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. But yeah, uh, back in 2013, you you were ranked 11th uh, best prospect in the Red Sox organization, mm-hmm. uh, and and you were also the first position player invited uh, to be to spring training the year after you were drafted. So how special was that to be, yeah. you know, to be all of a sudden, boom, you're drafted. Next thing you know, hey, you get that phone call. Hey, we want to come look at you. Come on, come on down to spring training. Yeah, I mean that was that was pretty special, you know, to to just get that next year and be in the clubhouse with all the guys, you know, and the veteran presence that was there. You know, you had David, you had Rossi, Nap, Petey, you know, all these guys, and it was cool, man, to get my feet wet there and just see how these guys went about their business, you know, and that's, and that's, and that's what you, you notice most is how these pros go about their business every, every single day. And that's why they're consistent. That's why they have all the years in the big leagues. And that's why they won, you know, but that was pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool to be a part of and kind of just set me up to how I really needed to prepare moving forward. Yeah. So uh, spring training, like, a lot of people say spring training doesn't really count. The records don't count, anything like that. But for a, pu- a player, a position player, a pitcher, spring training, that's kind of where you, you work on your fundamentals. You know, you knock a little rust off. Uh, so well, how did how did you always approach spring training and everything coming up? Uh, spring training for me was important, man. You know, it's it's a place where you put everything you worked on in the office to kind of – a real test and then you kind of tweak of what you need to tweak while you're in training. So when the season comes, you're ready to go. And, you know, and every year in training, I was, I was there to prove that I, I belong playing with those guys. You know, it, it was, I was joining spring training every year, proving that I wanted to make the team. You know, I was, I was playing to make the team. Every year. It wasn't just, Hey, I'm here to get ready. You know, and, you know, veteran players can do that. You know, like they know they have their job. They know what they need to get ready for when, you know, that first opening day comes. But me, it's it was more of like I need to show up ready and then tweak a couple of things and hit the ground running. So, so you went and you got promoted to the major leagues in 2015. I think it was June. Yeah. June 25th. It, the after my birthday. Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, so what was it like getting, you know, called into the manager's office and, and saying, hey, you're, you're getting promoted to the show? Um, it was cool, you know. But what happened is I kind of got dry humped about a couple months before that. Mm-hmm. I went up to Boston and they were like, hey, wait at the hotel. We don't know uh, if, Xander, if Xander's uh, MRI or x-ray is going to be good or not. We'll call you in the morning, so... It was cool to actually be like, hey, it's like for real this time. And then once I found out it was for real, when I got there, like, hey, like when they 
I got to the field, like, hey, you're activated today. And I was like, all right, let's go. And that was, hell yeah. That was dream come true, man. You know, everything you worked for, I was five years old. And to get to where the pinnacle of the sport, you know, and, and with a team that was stacked and an uh, organization that, that really cares about winning and has championships, you know, and that was, it was special, man. And then to, for Nap to get thrown out of the game so I could get in it was, just the icing on the cake. So that was, that was pretty cool. That was, that was a fun little story. So uh, who, who was the first phone call you made to after you getting called up? Um, My sister. Uh, I called both of my sisters and then I called my mom and then I called my cousin. Uh, I called Eric Hosmer, you know, he's Eric Hosmer, my, my big brother and, you know, someone that, that I cherish. So he was definitely one of the first people I called as well. It's it's great how uh, you always hear stories of oh I, I called such and such uh, you know I flew them in you know flew family in but it, just to sit there and just to be there and have it all everything like you said since you're five years old finally pay off for you and you're like man I'm I'm a major league baseball player you know all all the all the grinding all the ground balls my dad used to hit to me you know it's it's all paying off and it, it has to be the greatest feeling in the world yeah man it's it's special you know and it's something that you know i wish many people can feel and i'm sure they do feel but just in different ways you know but it's something that is you know when you when you work and work and work and you sacrifice so much you know as even like as a little kid you know we go on vacations like our vacations were going to baseball tournament, you know, and, you know, and to, to finally see that, hey, like, you did this for a reason, and, and they lived, they lived to the height, man, it was, it's so sick, and every time I, you get back, it, it feels even better, you know, because that's a, that's a sacred place that many get to be, you know, only the best of the best get to be, you know, to, to be in that group is, is pretty dope. Yeah, your first home run, was against the Yankees. It was against. Uh, let me see here, Caleb Caleb Cotham. Uh huh. So, two questions. One, what was going through your mind when you made contact with the ball? And two, do you still have that ball? Oh, this this story really gets me. So, I hit it right, and I was like. You know that short portion of the Yankee Stadium, that band box. I was mm-hmm. like, that might have a chance. You know, it was it was just like a hard line drive that's probably a double in the gap any other stadium. You know, and and I, I hit it, and I'm a guy that I don't hit homers, so I hit it. I'm like, right, that's probably a double. I need to get on second because that that porch is pretty close. And so I'm sprinting out, and then I see it get out. And I'm like, hell yeah! So I hit home, and then I'm in the dugout, and I see them throw the ball in, whatever. It comes in and they like they give it to me and it's a foam baseball. It's not a real baseball. So I still to this day don't have my first home run ball. Oh man. Yeah. So, but I had my first hit and my and I saved the bat and stuff. But yeah, the the, the Yankee people got me. Got me good. Someone's yeah got me somewhere. Oh man, that that is that that is almost as as bad as uh, Masa's first home run. This past, you know, this year, uh, but but you, the Yankees fan, duped you, yeah, pretty big, much, 
big time, but it's all right. We got him in the division the next two years, so it's straight. Yeah. Oh. So, uh, so what was your favorite? Let's go favorite Fenway Park moment that you had. Oh, you got me, bro. I was just about to ask that. Like, oh, I was okay. really waiting. Um, it's all good. Favorite Fenway Park moment. <sighs> Probably Mother's Day. Mother's Day when I we played the Rays and we were facing Snell and I went off. Like I had two doubles that game, one off Snell off the monster. And it was a big game for us, you know, especially against Tampa. They're always a tough, tough opponent. Um, probably, probably that one, man. That was, that, that was a good one. Uh, that was 2017. Am I correct? Yeah, I think, I think so. That was a long, long time ago for the kid. I remember. Uh, I kind of can, can go off that Devin, because I remember that day. I was there, and after the game, I was with uh, my kid's oldest sister, and I seen a guy carrying his ba- carrying his bags coming out of Fenway Park, and I told DC the story, and I'm that's like, "Pretty cool." I'm like, "Dude, that's got to be a player." So she's like, "Well, go over and ask to get a picture taken," and I, I kind of feel bad now. But it was just a spur of the moment. I got my picture taken with this said guy. And on the train ride from North Station back to the hotel, I had the picture and she had the roster going through. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, it can't be it can't be a starting pitcher. I know all of them. Let's go to the bullpen. So I go through the bullpen. Nope. Picture doesn't match. All of a sudden we're we're going through uh infielders, and I'm like Dude, that was that was Devin Moraro. He sit there. He has killed this game today. So that is my story, which is ironic. That that was also your favorite, uh, your favorite Fenway moment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, I mean, there's so many though, man. But that game was just you no know, on Mother's Day. It was special, mm-hmm. you know, and being player of the game that day and getting the Gatorade thrown on you is just. It, it was, it was sick. It was sick. Especially take, especially taking uh, Blake Snell, and and, and you know he, Blake Snell, he was he was their ace. Yeah. And and you just stud. Oh man, that guy's a stud for sure. So it was, it was good to get one off him and get a couple of ribbies off him. So that was that was a great great day for me there at Fenway. Yeah. Uh, you were you were up and down a little bit in 2016 with Ortiz's last year. Uh-huh. Uh, so what was the atmosphere like? You know, kind of doing the David Ortiz uh, farewell tour. What was the atmosphere in the locker room like uh, with everybody? It was. It was good, man. It was. It really feel like felt like he wasn't leaving. Like it wasn't like a farewell well tour, you know, because. We were so locked in on winning and winning and winning, and he was so locked in. Like the only thing that changed was before games, he would get a present. You know, like that's mm-hmm. that like the mindset for him. You know, he was like, he'd come in like, look at this, look at this gift they gave me, this and that. But after that, we were so locked in, and then I think when it hit us was when he hit that that homer in Tampa. And the game kind of stopped for him that day. And it was like, oh, wow, this is, this is for real. Like this, 
Like, you know, because, like, when you're in the locker room, there's no – like, he like he treated everybody like if they were 10-year veterans, you know, everybody. And that, that's what made him so special. And, you know, he – like, that year, the farewell tour was – it was just another season of us trying to win a championship, you know. So it was it was fun, man, just being, being able to play with – say I play with that guy. Something no one can ever take away. So that was that was pretty awesome. Do, yeah, do that's, you, that's a crazy thing to be able to say. You know, I got to play with David Ortiz, man. He's he's a legend, obviously, but yeah. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Do, do, do you have any big poppy stories you can share with us? Oh, man, so many. I mean, just the best thing about him was, you know he would take care of the young guys and the young guys that like during my time were Mookie, um, Travis Shaw, me, Blake Swihart, you know, and Jackie, Bogey, uh, Baskey. And no matter what city we went to, he'd be like, Hey, maybe downstairs we're going to dinner, you know? And those, those are the times where we would get those private rooms and we'd have dinner to ourselves and we'd just it, man. Just talk shop and just hang out. Those are those are the best times, but that guy is such a legend. There's so many stories I could go on and on about stories of him and stuff that we've all done together. Pretty special. Yeah, uh, man, I love how you know you brought up how you know Ortiz took care of everybody, and I hate to sit there and say it, but uh, I was listening to the radio. And they were talking about uh, Volpe for the Yankees, how he uh-huh. went to go get how he went to go get uh, some custom suits made for you know road trips and stuff. And yeah. then he, when he went to pay for it, the guys like Aaron's Judge already took care of it for you, you yeah. know. And, and I'm not a big Yankees fan by any means, but I kind of respect you know Aaron Judge taking care of the younger guys, and then hearing you let Ortiz always used to take care of the younger guys. Like that's that's something that's special, and and you know you pay it forward, just like people before you paid it forward to you. Yeah, I mean, you have to remember, man. I, I came into that that locker room with nothing but veterans in there. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. pro, pros, pros. You had Rick Porcello, David Price, you know Chris Sale. Like you had guys, you know Ortiz, Hanley, Pedroia. Like these guys are like. When you talk to people about the game, these guys are the pros of the pros. Like they, they came up at that time, and so they handled everything professional. Like we, we never paid for nothing. Like they would take care of everything. You know, we had Chris Young in the locker room as well. Like it was just so many pros. So like we got to learn from that. You know what I'm saying? And, and then we got to pass it on. And like Petey bought my first suit. You know, mm-hmm. like there's this. It was just so pro my experience in Boston. That's why I made it so much more special because it was just, it kind of spoiled me for the rest of my career because those guys were the freaking best. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, you know, Boston, how, how long did it take you to uh, acclimate to the weather? Being a Miami guy, being a Florida guy, then all of a sudden you're going up north and it's, uh, it's May. And it's still chilly up there. Oof, man, it was 
good thing that the, all the minor league teams are all in cold cold weather. You know, like I played mm-hmm. in Portland, that's damn near Antarctica. And yeah. in the pole. You know, we had Salem that was cold, and we had Pawtucket that was cold. You know, so I kind of got used to it, and then I got to play. I'll never forget. I got to play with Bryce Brents, country boy from Tennessee, and in Pawtucket. And I was like playing with no sleeves on, like just out there playing butt naked, pretty much. I'm like, dude, what are you like? It's cold, dude. Like, give me something. So he told me the tricks of you know after you shower. You put baby oil on, then you put Vaseline all over you, and it closes your pores, and it keeps you warm. So once I found out that trick, I was locked in. But I definitely wore the whole ninja face thing until oh. until June, July. I remember I saw a video the other day Homer against Texas at Fenway, and it was June something. And I'm still in like you can't even see my face. I'm still in the in the ninja face mask, and but. Yeah, you find ways to get used to. It. They got those hand warmer pocket things, so they help with. Definitely, the minor leagues got me used to to the cold weather. That's different cold up there in Boston. Way different. Yeah. Way different. So. What was uh? What was it like playing with uh, Mike Napoli? What, what was he kind of like in the clubhouse? <laughs> Legendary. I figured. But me and Nap have a special. He's from South Florida. Oh, so nice. I, I knew him before I even got drafted and, you know, him and Hosmer were pretty close and, you know, we always hung out whenever we were in the off season and stuff. So we never had a special bond and, you know, we, we had some fun, man. He, he, he kind of took me under my, under his wing as well because him and Petey hung out 24 seven and, you know, whenever he would go out and be right there, right next to him. So uh, Nap was one of my guys sure he seems like a bro's bro for sure yeah that that guy's as bro as he yeah. uh well we had keith bulk on uh a little while ago and we talked about you know what he did to uh pre-game rituals and stuff the, uh did you have any uh, pre-game rituals that that you know you kind of did every before every game um not really, man. I mean, you had like, it's not a ritual because it's part of your routine. You know, like how you prepare to get ready. You know, you do the hot tub or you do the sauna for a little bit. or And then you go up to the weight room and you get a little activation. And you go to the cage. And then you do your things there. But, I mean, one thing I always do, I would always text text my sisters before the games. You know, say, hey, I love you. And, and then I would, I would go out, you know. And that was kind of like the one I would say ritual i would do but mm-hmm. everything else was more of just my routine and you know and then obviously like all athletes we have our superstitions you know what i'm saying so if i was on fire and i did one and i had one i had a grilled cheese before the game but if i had a grilled cheese that next day you know what i'm saying until i went over then i cut that out real quick <laughs> but you no know, it's we all have our little things but i really didn't have i just had a routine and i would always just text my sisters before before the game Oh yeah, what do you feel about, or how do you feel about the uh, new rule changes, like the pitch clock, bigger bases, and stuff like that? I think it's good, man. I think it's, I think most players bring attention to the game. You know, it's, you know, any any news is good news right? for, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think it's good. I think it's eliminates all the 
unnecessary things, right? And it's bringing more action to the game. You know, I mean, look at the stolen base rate right now. It's through the roof. You know yeah, they're saying? crazy this year. You know, and Which it's, I love. Yeah, it's awesome. It's exciting game. It's, you know, it's it's crazy. Like, people were all panicking before the season started, but now you hear no one talking about it because it's working and guys actually like it, you know. You know, and I got I play with it in the minor leagues, and once you get used to it, it's really not that big of a deal, you know. But it's I believe it's still an advantage for pitchers, you know, because now with all the pitch comm stuff and all that, like it's like hitters are sitting ducks when it comes to timing at, at home, you know. Yeah. So I mean that we're giving more advantage, which let's be honest, they have an advantage in the sport from the get-go you know but other than that man i i like it you know it's keeps the game moving it keeps more action is is in the game games are flying you know and especially for for fans they don't want to watch they don't want to be on tv and watch a four-hour game especially i remember our game red sox game back in the day four plus no matter what yeah you're ahead at least four hours if not five locked in for four mandatory now games are two hours and 40 minutes dude like that's that's crazy. one game uh the red sox played against i think it was the angels was like over in like a minute 50 or an hour 57. yeah i remember there's crazy i was like dude we just played a game in an under two hours like what is going on right now <laughs> oh, like high school baseball game playing seven innings freaking nuts but it's good and i think it's good for the board They'll tweak some things, you know, moving forward. This is the first year with us. We're going to tweak some things to make it more fair, you know, for both sides. But I think it's great. No, yeah. no I agree. I was a little iffy. I'm not going to lie at first when I first heard about it. But, uh, you know, after seeing spring training and then obviously, you know, the first month of the season, I'm, I'm a big fan. And like I said, I love stolen bases. So I'm glad that that's back in the game. Yeah, I mean. And that that was, changes the whole game, in my opinion. Shift now, like no shift, I think athleticism back into the game you yeah. know like you can't just put a second baseman who hits 40 homers at second base anymore like you need a guy that has range you know a shortstop west yeah. range. like they're like athleticism is is back is gonna have to be back into the game defense will be that more that much more important now you know because you got to cover a lot of ground now that the the shift is gone uh, how involved are you with watching uh, baseball nowadays to just, you know, have a feel out there for what teams uh, possibly could use a middle infielder like yourself? Yeah, you know, I, I keep up. You know, I have, I mean, I have so much context. I've been in the game for so long, and a lot of guys that I played with early in my career now are coaches or, or in organizations in some way, you know. So I keep in contact with them. And they keep me posted and updated, you know, and it's all a matter of time. You know, last year I didn't sign until June, you know, like it was, it was the same thing. And I got back to the big league. So I'm just worried about staying ready, man. And, that, and that's pretty much it. But yeah, I keep in contact with guys and I, I have so many guys that still play that I watch so much baseball. And I love watching it. And, you know, I like keeping up with the guys and, you know, just, just waiting for that phone call, man. That's it. So, uh, you, you were part of two 
very odd things in sports, uh, in sports, especially in baseball. You were part of not only a four strikeout inning uh, with the Red Sox. Really? Uh, Was yeah. I one? Of them? Yeah, you were one of them. Damn it! Uh, let's <laughs> see here. Uh, Mike Bolsinger of the Blue Jays struck out Mitch Moreland, uh-huh. Jackie Jackie Bradley Jr., who advanced on a wild pitch. Okay. Chris, Christian Vasquez. Uh huh. And yourself. Hang with him. So, and then the second thing, which which I was talking to DC about, which is kind of odd, but I then know the, you're about to say, go ahead. A home that got that got called back as a single with two RBIs. So, yeah. where do you describe your first one? Where you know you're like oh, double, so you know you're lying there. It kind of sit there and made me like um, maybe. He, he thought the same thing. But how does that happen? Um, it was just a situation, man. It was first and second. We were facing Rich Hill. And I hit this ball good. And Dodger Stadium ball carries a little bit. And, you know, like, and I'm a guy where I put my head down, you know, when I when I hit the ball because I'm not a run guy. Mm-hmm. Good. And, you know, I'm, I'm running and I peek at the ball. And then I peek at Alex Avila, who's first and I see mm-hmm. I forget who was on second but he was like already by third so I knew like no one was really tagging mm-hmm. up and I looked down and I looked down like step on the base then I look up I see out like right in front of me and I was like ah shit so like I kind of like veer and like run towards like the outfield you know mm-hmm. and I was like damn dude I for sure passed him like but they have the video thing now, so I just chop behind on the bases, and you could like see it on my face, and I'm like, bro, they're gonna call this. Like, what? What in the world is going on? So I get home, and then they reviewed it. Takes forever. Then they called me out, and it was just a pretty much. A, I think it was a single two RBI, a, a two RBI single instead of a three RBI home run. Yeah, and but I was just like. What I was just like into like what just happened, you know, like because I like I saw him like halfway, but then I guess when I put my head down, he came back to the bag because like it was like it like barely went over, you know. But you know, and I just had to be more aware in that situation, you know, and know who's in front of me. And Al doesn't move too too fast, you know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, it was just a. I'm just happy we blew them out because if we like lost by one, I would have been heated. Oh, sucked. So, pull it out. But it was just a end up being a funny moment, you know. There's still I brag about to Al all the time, and he owes me a. (laughs) Well, uh, sorry. Go ahead, buddy. Oh no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm gonna go a little off topic just because I I got the notification and it's draft night in the NFL. Are you a football guy? Yeah, big football guy. Uh, I mean, Dolphins, since you're from Miami or from recent Miami, right now, yeah. But dude, I was like on the Patriots bandwagon, like when I got drafted, oh, yeah, for sure. Drafted by Boston, like I was all in. I went to games every year, you know. We would always go up there and at least go to one game a year there. And then so I was a big Patriots guy, but yeah, now I'm Dolphins and I'm huge into fantasy, like everybody. 
Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I got my first oh, yeah. year, which was nice after all the It's rough, man. It's, yeah. I, I've won I've won one league yeah. in like the twenty years I've played. Yeah. It's all gotta line up. <laughs> yeah. I, I I only ever won one league and it was the first first year I was in. And I and we were allowed to trade draft picks also for the pre for the next year. Oh wow, man! I That's was trade, I was trading the house, and I, this is what I had: Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I had uh, who was the Chiefs running back that was a beast back? Jamal then? Charles. I had Jamal Charles. Like I traded to get Jamal Charles, and man, I had uh, the Ravens tight end uh, Todd Heap. I, I had a stacked team and just to win, and then I suffered the next three seasons. But I don't care because they actually they actually gave trophies away. You're you're in the plus. You're, yeah, funny dude. You know now you just rebuild again to trade some more people. That's how that's how it goes. I mean, I respect you for staying in the league for three years without any draft picks because that's the thing that scares me. And uh, we we actually do a well, I do a fantasy baseball league and we started trading draft picks, but thank God nobody's done it yet because I'm like. Yo, you trade all your draft picks away and you leave the league. How the hell am I going to fill this spot? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people do it. Fantasy baseball sounds so crazy. To me. It's wild, but I love it. Oh, I bet, dude. It's That's just too much. Like, I I almost struggled filling out a roster for one game a week. People have to do it every day for 162 games. Oh, I, well, we do, uh, we do weekly lineups. Oh, okay. So I mean, it kind of it could screw you though, because like the lineups start you know set on Mondays. But do you know how many times I've like set my lineup and they lock, and then a guy goes on a DL right before his game, and he's in that spot all week. Brutal. Yeah, but every day, man, that'd be that'd be a, a goddamn full time job. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay, F- fantasy football. You get the first overall pick this year. Who would you take? Oh. Mm. Oh. That's that's tough. Dude, I'd have to go McCaffrey. Like I got that guy last year, and especially in San Fran, dude, they just feed him the rock. Like yeah. they have, they have so many. He's catching balls. He's running it. Like he's pretty much their offense. You know what I'm saying? So, and he stayed healthy all last year, which was like the first time ever. Nice. Oh but, yeah. I him. If I have the first pick, him. If I'm like five or six, I I'd go Kelsey because that's he's a pretty much a wide receiver. Like, let's, and you lock up that tight end spot. That's yeah, very let's, shallow, you know. But yeah, man, there's you always think you have the perfect pick, you know, and then you never know what happens. I I honestly hate when I get a top three pick because every time I've ever had a top three pick, my uh. My pick, it gets injured week one. I swear to God, every time, dude, every time. I like, I like middle or at the end. Never fails, dude. Never fails. It's rough, man. So, Devin, we want to thank you for sitting there and coming on. Uh, man, thank you for giving us some of your time to sit there and talk some Red Sox uh, baseball, talk about, you know, you as a guy, as a man. Uh, tell everybody, you know, where they can follow you at, uh, you know, the floor is yours. It's all about you right now. No, man. Thanks for having me. You know, 
talking the game and talking my career is always fun. You know, a group of guys like you guys, it's, it was a blast today for sure. But now you can follow me on, on my IG, Twitter, uh, on Twitch and all that, on DMarero305. That's pretty much all my platforms are DMarero305. But, yeah, man, I'm here training. You know, follow my – I like to travel, so I put post a lot of travel stuff on there. Um, but, yeah, man. Look out for me there, trying to get back to the show. I I also seen you you do do a lot of cycling too. Oh yeah, big in the cycle game. I'm more sponsored in cycling than I am in baseball right now. You know, so oh, yeah, yeah. So it's something I consider as exercise, but more therapy. That bike. Uh, yeah, I just wanna. Oh, sorry. My bad. Sanctuary. I just want to uh, echo what, what Josh said. Really appreciate you coming on, man. Um, it's always – I mean, I never thought I'd be sitting here talking to anybody that played in the big league, especially on my favorite team. Um, so, really appreciate you giving us the time. I know we're, we're you'll get that call soon. I'm excited to see what you're going to do too, man. So, thank you so much. For sure, man. Hope to join you guys sometime soon again. So Yeah, well, you're – come on whenever you want, man. Hey, well, I, I was just going to sit there and be my last question. If we could twist your arm to come back on, but – I, I don't even have to, you, you know. You come on with it. We'll talk. We'll talk. Whatever you guys want. Oh man. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks a lot, Devin. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we'll sit there and uh, hit back. Hit you back maybe sometime after All Star break. Sounds good. On, bro. Unless you're on the. Unless you're already at the, uh, get that call off. Oof, that'd be nice. That'd be real nice. Uh, uh, that wait a minute. Oh, I think the Red Sox might be calling you. That yeah. would be, that would be sweet, just like you said. Man. So all I'm saying is we're, we're pretty close to Philly. So if somehow you end up there, which I'd rather you in Boston, but I'll be down. I'll be down to see you. Sweet, sweet. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much. This is hey, fun. Man, take it easy, buddy. Hey, God bless. Take care, man. Thank you. Yep. Man, DC, that was an amazing interview with uh, Devin Marrero. Uh, yeah, man, I appreciate you uh, putting a Jansport again on your back. Uh, my voice is a little raspy, and I know we got to – we got another big show coming up right after this one. So I wanted to kind of save my voice a little bit, but yeah, oh, I was yeah. glad he came on. Really appreciate you facilitating that as well. I mean, you do a lot for this podcast, so honestly wouldn't be here or even close to where we're at without you. So thank you. Hey, Hey, the credits, it's a team effort. You and I together, the pesky podcast. So guys, once again, head on over to YouTube, uh, go to our, our Twitter account, go to our link tree, Sit there and, uh, yeah, yeah, you see that, DC. You seen that. I saw that. But, uh, yeah, just sit there and follow us. Download the episode. Uh, you know, follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow us on YouTube. Sub to us. Guys, it's been a great episode. Episode 15. And we got Devin Morrow on. That's That's crazy. So, until next time. He is DC. I am the Rit. Thanks for watching and listening to the Pesky Podcast.